0: I'm on the ground with your listeners. We need to first heal the chronic stress and burnout with a, a different type of paradigm and then have the cutting edge conversations that you continue to do about biohacking and longevity. Because otherwise, those things feel like a band-aid or they're not working. You're trying to put, you know, the square peg in a round hole. We need to really reset the circadian rhythm and calm down the neuroinflammation in the brain. And and this is a pathway to do it. <music>
1: Hey there, my friends. It's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, and I want to welcome you back to another podcast episode here on the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project podcast. Today, we're joined by my new friend and guest expert, Dr. Romy Mushtaq, who is a board-certified physician bringing over two decades of experience in integrative medicine, neurology, and mindfulness. And we have Dr. Romy on today to basically talk about stress, how it affects our health, how we can be more present and, and have a just relaxed physiology that enables us to have a great life and live for a long time. And yes. Dr. Romi has such a deep experience in here. She's been working with Fortune 500 companies, as well as doing a lot of corporate wellness stuff where she serves as the chief wellness officer for Evolution Hosp- Hospitality, where she scaled a mindfulness and wellness program to over 7,000 employees. And her expertise has been featured in major media such as NPR, NBC, TED Talks, Forbes, all the other big places that you would imagine she's be at, uh, she is there. And her first book, which is super exciting, is called The Busy Brain Cure is being published by HarperCollins in January of 2024. So if you enjoy this conversation, make sure to check out her book, where she's going to dive even deeper into what we're talking about today. So Dr. Romy, welcome to the show.
0: Dr. Anthony, so great to be here and to... Um Really, thank your listeners for their time. i don't take their time for granted. all of our fit fathers and fit mothers who are on the journey, honored to be of service to you all today
1: I love that a beautiful way to start and i and I think it it just what you said there kind of lends us to understand a little bit of like how your mind and your heart works, which sounds like it's rooted in gratitude and very peaceful and, and very present. So I want to ask you, how did you come to this type of work and go from being, you know, an MD and now working with that medical background, but also really zoning in on stress? Yeah. What's what's the story of getting here?
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't always this calm. I wasn't always this grateful. Um, in fact, something about sitting here with you, I feel like I'm in confessional, Dr. Anthony, that um, if you go back to 2008, 2009, on the outside, I looked like I had made it. I had a success. I did everything that was expected of me from my mom and my aunties and my father. We have one daughter, and you will become a doctor. (laughs) And uh, I entered neurology at a time where less than 5% of the brain doctors in America were women. The pressure was intense. And like I said, on the outside, she did it. Not only was I a doctor, I was a researcher, professor teaching medical students uh, and had killer designer high heel shoes before it was all the trend. But inside, I was suffering and I was full of such dark shame, Dr. Anthony. Back then, we didn't have terms in our vernacular in the medical community or globally. Like, let's talk about your mental health. What is burnout? I just thought I wasn't cutting it and I wasn't making. it, And I'm just sitting here faking it until you make it. But the worst part was I loved my job. I loved my patients. I loved my research. I loved everything I was doing. And then the sleepless nights and being stuck on the stress success cycle, keep stressing out until you have success and start that cycle all over again. It caught up not only with my mental health and then my physical health. And we'll put a link to my TED talk there, but I ended up so sick from chronic stress that I ended up in life-saving surgery. And I remember laying there in the hospital, Dr. Anthony. I don't know if you've ever had this moment thinking, I don't have any adult skills to cope. Nothing I learned in medical school is going to get me through this. I don't know what to do next. And that was the journey of what I thought was healing myself. And yet today, here I am, fast forward all these years later, knowing that I had to go through my mess to help you all with yours, without judgment. And this is where we are here today with a innovative solution to the chronic stress and burnout uh, problem that is not only happening in the United States, both of us have global audiences, Mm -hmm. this is happening worldwide.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. And I definitely wanna spend a good amount of time getting into what you discovered as a methodology to help people shift out of stress and overwhelm and into peace, presence and productivity. I want to ask you though, when I'm thinking about your life at that time, why did you feel like you were overwhelmed? Was it because you were doing too many things or because those things weren't aligned? Like what leads to burnout?
0: I really want to talk about this. Thank you for asking because most of the people who I meet when I give keynote lectures, when I'm coaching executive teams or athletes, we all have that similar thing in common. We love our jobs. And the last thing high performing individuals in either one of us, or our communities, want to hear is that you need another time management technique or productivity tool. You don't get to our high performing levels in all of our careers. And for those of you that are parents, I'm not. Um, and I'm a proud auntie, and, you know, philanthropy, everything that we're involved in, you don't get to this place without learning how to manage your time and productivity. Of course, there's always hacks. I really want to say this is what was happening. And what we found in the Busy Brain Cure is you're living in a life of chronic stress. And for me, Dr. Anthony, that was the chronic sleep deprivation. As a neurologist specializing in epilepsy, all through medical school, internship, residency, two fellowships, working as an attending physician, that was like about a 14-year period of my life. I can honestly tell you there was not a single week where I slept through the entire night. You were either up all night cramming for, um, you know, tests and studying or on rotations. And back then, like sleep was seen for the week. Yeah. And then it was being sleep deprived because there was patient emergencies. And even on the nights where I didn't have call, I would wake up in a sheer panic going, oh my God, did I miss a page? Is something wrong? Like I'm, I'm going to lose my job. And when I look back on that time, it was because I wasn't honoring the, uh, the circadian rhythm and sleep was one of them. And I really know in my heart that that is what led to that whole cycle of deterioration, which people will read snips of my stories at the beginning of chapters one through four of how you go from looking perfect on the outside in your heels So falling on ice and falling on your face and falling in your life and having the rug pulled out from underneath you and end up in a dark hole known as burnout.
1: Mm -hmm. So for you, Mm -hmm. the big crux was, I mean, just the demands of that period of your life and how it impacted your sleep. So I think this is a nice stopping point here to talk a little bit about sleep for people who may or may not be on any degree of this burnout roller coaster that you experience but certainly have a sense that sleep is important for longevity for function. So what can you tell us about sleep that is unique and novel in the sense that we all have an idea it's important but why from a physiologic basis is it critical for the brain for the nervous system and like why is it kind of non-negotiable?
0: I want to start with this is I want every listener here to change the way they think that sleep is now the new status symbol of successful professionals. I want to give a special shout out to anyone that is a parent of a small child that is not sleeping through the night. We have other brain shifts in those situations. Mm -hmm. But really what we find is people are destroying their own sleep. So sleep is the new status symbol of successful professionals. Here is why I say this. In addition to the wealth of medical data, we already know. We took our busy brain test, Dr. Anthony, in our research period, and we'll give you your listeners a link to take it for free and get Mm -hmm. a brain score. It's 20 questions that look at, number one, how stressed are you? And what symptoms are you having in your brain, cognition, memory, sleep, mood, and in your physical health? And problems with sleep were the top three symptoms in over 17,000 people who took this test. So we know when you're chronically stressed, There is a pattern of neuroinflammation that I now call the busy brain, a pattern of hyperactivity that happens in your hypothalamus, the place that your circadian rhythm is modulated. That specifically happens under chronic stress and it creates this pattern of hyperactivity. And and we'll talk about busy brain in a second. But as far as sleep, no matter how much you're trying to do all the right things, how many times do people come to us and say, I've tried everything for sleep. And they're having difficulty falling asleep at night because of racing thoughts in their brain, or you're waking up somewhere between two to four o'clock in the middle of the night and you can't go back to sleep. So you train yourself to think, "Ooh, I'm strong, Dr. Romy. I can get by on four or five hours of sleep. I'm going to wake up at 2.37 a.m. and knock out a bunch of work emails and get the laundry done before the kids get up. And that's not it. And we know with that disturbance in your circadian rhythm, it's not just your sleep-wake cycle. It will now have a downstream effect to affect your hormones, mm-hmm. your metabolism, um, your immune system, your yeah. digestion, everything else. And it all starts there with your circadian rhythm.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the busy brain is, is, can we define what that is for the purpose of yes. the rest of this conversation?
0: Yeah. I, I ter- coined the term busy brain, and I'm going to be so blunt and direct here for all of our colleagues that are listening, we in neurology and psychiatry got it wrong. In the world of traditional neurology and psychiatry globally, we treat these three diseases as three separate problems. And that is part of the thing. Adult onset attention deficit disorder or or difficulty focusing, anxiety, and insomnia. And this is a very dangerous problem because we end up in something known as the stimulant sedative cycle it goes like this. Don't let me start my day without a lot of venti cafe latte. And I'm going to tell you that it was just coffee, Dr. Anthony, but really it was three energy drinks. And I still can't focus and I'm getting low level anxiety at work or managing home life. So I'm going to keep chugging the caffeine. And now you're stuck in anxious analysis, multiple browser windows open yeah. in your brain, on your computer and you want to sleep or rest and unwind at night with loved ones, but you're wired and you're tired and you put your head down and you can't shut off the racing thoughts. And as I said, you wake up in the middle of the night. And so what happens to take the edge off at night, you need a sedative like alcohol or a prescription sleeping pill. So we in Western medicine have contributed to the problem because if people couldn't cope with coffee during the day and alcohol at night, we're giving them Excessive amounts of prescription um, stimulants like Ritalin or Adderall and sleeping yeah. pills at night. And that is the busy brain. And we find it is more common in high achieving professionals. And you and I are here to say, I want you to succeed. Four hour work week is not for my community. And I know from listening to your podcast, not for yours. We are hardworking individuals but we can succeed without stressing ourselves out and break that stress success cycle.
1: For sure. And I think it's yeah. something that we become so subtly disempowered by feeling like we need to regulate our nervous systems externally to cope with all of this. And then we become trapped in that. I, I, I totally get that. And now I'm wondering in your protocol, and I kind of want to go shift into the brain shift protocol and talking about the methodology that you heal this. How much of it is physiologic, which may be taking something like magnesium or melatonin or breathing? Um, And how much much of it is just how we're relating to the things in our life in terms of maybe more of a meditation mindfulness style practice that reframes our relationship to a work stress? I imagine it's all the above. Please speak into that. And of course, the protocol itself. Mm -hmm.
0: It's deeper than that. It okay. involves that and deeper than that. And I'm going to pull back at the 30,000 foot view, if okay. I may, Dr. Anthony. Please. Is prior to the pandemic, um, I was lecturing on mindfulness and meditation in corporate America and these kind of protocols and as it would lead to emotional resilience. So to your great point of how we're reframing and coping with the stress that's coming at us. But then something happened during the pandemic. and I, And that was that our brains collectively as humanity reset that we're at a chronic stress. We're no longer acute stressor. I'm going to come down to the brain channel of calm and neutral and go back up and down. We're chronically stressed. So we're on high alert. We're in like this dopamine edge all the time, seeking that next high, checking off something from the to-do list. And so my community very quickly was like, don't tell me to eat berries and breathe and tell me everything's going to be just fine because that no longer is working, hell. So we were forced in the pandemic when we had to reset virtually and do virtual presentations. Now to collect all this data with the Busy Brain Test. And I kind of got bored and Netflix isn't my thing. And I was now at home and not flying all over the country speaking. And I dug deep into the psycho neuro yeah. literature. You're shaking your head up and down. For other people who don't know this, i if I had some free time, I would go back and get a PhD in this. Psychoneuroimmunoendocrinology. Psycho is your mood and your thoughts. Neuro, how it changes the structure and function of your brain. Endo, how all of that will change all the hormone systems in your brain and body. And immunology, how that affects your immune barrier in every organ system. And so I needed to... One, identify the inflammation, which we did, and where it was. And then, two, how do you get down to the root cause of it? And by the way, it's going to be different for you and different for me and different for someone else that's listening. So, I needed to create something that was individualized, but that we could give at scale in corporate wellness programs. So, that's what the brain shift protocol is. So, yes, while there are elements of mindfulness based techniques in there, when people say, I can't shut my brain down and meditate, it's a a lot deeper. And we can dig into that. But I really wanted to make it clear that the old paradigms that we talk about stress management were really for acute stress. They no longer fit the way the brains are rewired in this world of overstimulation, trauma, um, bad news 24-7 in the news cycle. And that's what this protocol is disrupting all of it.
1: Nice. I think that's a perfect segue for me to ask. Let's get into the brain shift protocol and some of the key components of that.
0: Yes. So brain shift, the shift is actually an acronym that stands for the five key categories that I assess when people are coming into the full eight week program. S, we already talked about sleep, your circadian rhythm. H is hormones, both in men and women. I is markers of inflammation that we look at, which does require getting labs if possible. F is how we use food to fuel ourselves without going on a diet. So this is where you and I may um, have a a wonderful banter and conversation and learn from one another. I don't believe in diets. And T is the role of technology. And with that, we created an eight-week program. And that's where we get started. So um, ask me questions about those areas, if you think some of your listeners would like to know about it, yeah. or let's get into the eight week protocol.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, I mean, I, and I think for fun, instead of starting with sleep and the S of the shift acronym, I'd like to start with the T technology and work our way back through. So how does technology work in this in this scenario? What do, you, what do you counsel people on and how do they navigate this with themselves and with their kids? Yeah.
0: In Chapter 9 of the book, you're going to read the journey of um, my role at Evolution Hospitality. And I really want you to listen to this part of the story. At Evolution Hospitality, for all the listeners, we manage hotels that are open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So our leaders always have to be available. How many of you listening right now can relate to that? Like I can't ever turn off from work, from being a mom or dad, whatever, right? And I challenge them to turn off email, all digital devices, e readers, TV, everything for 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime. And that if there was an emergency or urgency at the hotel, that somebody would call you and you would define what that emergency is. And that's where this protocol came from. Why did we do that? You know, when you and I went to medical school, Dr. Anthony, and I'm just going to assume you're somewhere near my age um and do so gracefully so forgive me if i'm wrong uh, we didn't recognize adult onset add attention deficit disorder adhd as a, a true entity medical literature now shows it's real only because of technology that we've rewired our brains so this is what happens is when i touch the screen on my phone i now my finger the hands have a very large area of representation on the brain it lights up the dopamine reward center, the addiction center. The same thing gets light up when you gamble or you um, take a hit of, of drugs, fentanyl, crack, cocaine, whatever it may be. And then you come off that dopamine high and you're like, I'm going to put the phone down. I'm not going to check work email. I'm not going to get it in my Slack messenger channel. And then you come crashing down and you want it again. And this is disrupting the attention network and the brain. So our use of technology is feeding into adult onset attention deficit disorder. How do you know you haven't? Here's a simple test. Whenever any of your listeners are binge watching right now and tell Dr. Anthony and I what you may be binge watching because I don't judge. There's good series on there. Um, can you watch a 30 to 60 minute episode without picking up your phone, laptop or e-reader and Googling something else or getting on Instagram? Can you just focus on one device and one thing at a time? And that's a really good test. And so that's where the T, the role of technology comes in and that the light from the devices at night on top of the constant stimulation during the day is now disrupting that circadian rhythm. So we go back to the eyes connected to the hypothalamus and at night when your brain and my brain are trying to be calm and be present and go into restoration rest mode it's now saying ooh dr anthony wake up start stressing and obsessing again ooh mm-hmm. you got too much to do what are you doing trying to sleep and that voice of judgment comes back in mm-hmm. and in the book you hear when i have a busy brain the voice of judgment is my indian aunties <laughs> I don't. Do you have any of that uh, that thought loop that happens, Doctor Anthony, to you? If you if you have a busy brain,
1: I, I, the voices. It, yeah, it's for sure. When I have a busy brain, that that definitely yeah, happens.
0: Same, same. And so that's the role of technology. So in week three of the protocol, which is chapter twelve, we introduce how to effectively do digital detox um, and take brain pauses for from devices during the day and how and why to do it at night. And it's one micro habit or one small brain shift, 30 to 60 minutes before bed. And by the way, we do this with large corporate teams. We do the seven or 21 day digital detox transformation, Dr. Anthony, and it's transformational. People are now happy at work. They no longer hate their manager because you gave them peace and quiet at home in their private lives.
1: Nice. I think that's great, and I think what people can take from that is applying that evening boundary to technology, maybe even a weekend phone detox. Um, Or just even test yourself to see yeah. how much you do pick up yeah. the phone <laughs> during a show I, that well, you might be watching. It's not
0: just the phone. It's not just yeah. the phone, Dr. Anthony. Remember, it's our laptops, sure. it's our e-readers, it's the smart TVs. It's
1: everything. Yeah.
0: Um, it's it's everything. We really need to do that. So we just ask 30 to 60 minutes. And you know, I want to speak to your fit mothers. If anybody is breastfeeding or nursing, one of the things I found in studies is it's easy in the middle of the night, you're half asleep, you're nursing your child to pick up the phone and mindlessly scroll don't do that. It's your energy with your child. Don't give yourself a dopamine high while you're breastfeeding or bottle feeding a baby. Um, Instead, focus on their heartbeat, focus on their breathing and have a mindful moment together if you can and try to stay awake. Um, But don't pick up the phone because that stimulation energetically for parents is disrupting now the energy we're transmitting to the child that we're feeding.
1: Hey, it's Dr. Ray. I want to quickly pause this episode to thank you for listening to this Fit Father podcast. I am just blown away at how amazing this podcast has become. I had no idea when I started FFP around 10 years ago that it would grow into such an impactful mission. And I want to let you know that I am so grateful to be connected to you in this lifetime. And on behalf of me and my entire team, we are so grateful to be in your life, helping you get and stay healthier for your family. That's what I want to share. Just some gratitude from my heart to yours. Let's get back to today's episode. All right, so let's get to the F for food. I'm, I'm interested how food and nutrition recommendations play into decreasing a busy brain and, and helping brain health.
0: So here was my goal. Can I tell you where I had to start from? Sure. Diet is a four-letter curse word mm-hmm. in my world. And I don't want to disrespect the incredible work you do with fit father and fit mothers. Mm-hmm. But here's the reason why. In my research for Busy Brain, when we have someone go on a strict diet or cleanse, it actually raises the stress hormone levels and mm. creates potential trauma tracks around a food like kale or boiled chicken and broccoli. But here is the other thing: I'm a chief wellness officer, and how many of your listeners are leaders of big teams and companies mm. of a, a div- globally diverse workforce? And most of the Western diets that we preach in the integrative, functional, holistic health world are very American Eurocentric. And I, as a doctor and a mindful leader, want a a world where carb lovers, carnivores, vegans, chocolate lovers can all sit at one table and feel like they belong. So I needed to find the biohacks that could help brain health and help start to transform, but not take away comfort food. So the goal here, people will read in chapter seven, the story of Dr. Pritchard and how I learned to, about comfort food from one of my mentors. And then in chapters 15 and 16, we break down simple biohacks that everyone can do, especially busy parents. So the first one is, is we ask you to pick one or the other, but not both in an, in an hour time span. You can pick caffeine, whether that's coffee or tea, or you can pick a high glycemic carbohydrate. So the white sugar, white flour, white rice, white potatoes, we don't take that away from people, believe it or not, right? Because the minute you start taking away, that dopamine reward network goes into craving mode and we're creating suffering. What we found in our studies, over a thousand executives went through this protocol while I was researching and writing the book, was most people tend to go towards caffeine. And they've already done the sleep challenge and the first week of restore. So the sugar cravings have already gone away. So I'm not sitting here eating a whole box of Girl Scout cookies. I'm going to be mindful now and say, hey, it's a child's birthday party this weekend and I'm going to have a cupcake with them, right? Or I'm going to enjoy, I I come from South Asian descent, so I'm going to enjoy rice and curry and not give up that. You know, or non bread, you know, that a family member so lovingly made from scratch. And that's what we do. So the first biohack is this pick one or the other. And the first 48 hours, you may feel a sudden withdrawal. You may not have realized how much sugar you were consuming. So in the appendix and in the online resources with the book, we give you um, resources to actually check labels. And I know that's something that's important to you too, because it isn't that people were grabbing cookies or white bread. They didn't realize how much hidden sugar was in the packaged foods that are in the refrigerator and pantry. And so that's the number one thing we start with. Tell me how that fits into Fit Father and Fit Mother, Dr. Anthony.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'd say, I'd say completely, although I do more liberally use the word diet than you as a pattern of eating, we are helping people create a sustainable rhythmic approach to nutrition that is inclusive and not limiting on foods. Um, yes. but also works in the busyness of life um, and has two periods of being consistent and then periods of being uh, a little more flexible on the meal. So it, it definitely fits for sure.
0: Same thing. We we want people to celebrate comfort foods and to the best of your ability, schedule it. That's
1: and what you we know, do. those yeah. uh-oh
0: moments happen where you're like, oh, I was going to cook dinner. We had a prepared meal. We're all stopping at a restaurant or getting Uber Eats on the way home. Wonderful. Celebrate that comfort food, and uh, you know if you're listening to this podcast episode, tag Dr. Anthony and myself, and uh, tell us what your favorite comfort food is. I, you know what I'm craving these days is the basmati rice mm-hmm. um, with potato curry. It got a little chilly here in Florida. So <laughs> I'm craving that hot meal. So uh, a potato curry on top of basmati rice that like is like comfort Car- food. Carbs I'm on carbs, my- yeah,
1: for sure, but delicious yeah. and in, in and- curry
0: in curry. It's yes. true. We, some, about, we got some fats you? to
1: balance that out.
0: Yes. What is what is your favorite? I haven't favorite had it in a long days? time,
1: but uh, uh-huh. well, my daughter makes, she eats a good amount of mac and cheese, like a healthier version. Mm-hmm. So I find that I, yeah. I had some of that over Amazing. the Thanksgiving time. Um Amazing. And, and I, I don't actually eat it too often, but I do really love pizza, the taste of it, yeah. the whole aspect. Yeah. It just it just has a, a negative impact on me that makes yeah. it not worthwhile in terms of inflammation. And I think that's kind of a nice Absolutely. segue yeah. into... The next eyes let's let's talk about like ways yeah. that you approach reducing inflammation, inflammation in the body and the brain
0: this is the one area where we actually ask people we don't force anybody when they're on the eight-week protocol to go get labs checked so there are specific markers of inflammation i'm looking at in a busy brain one is your baseline because i can't biopsy a live brain to right. see if you have neuroinflammation so when we use lab tests One is high sensitivity C-reactive protein. That Mm -hmm. just gives me an overall baseline. Then, I I know your listeners may or may not be surprised, but mine often are, Dr. Anthony, is I want to check whether you have a history of diabetes in your family or not. Really important for me to know fasting insulin, fasting glucose, and hemoglobin A1C. Um, We know that this pattern of neuroinflammation can actually lead to uh, what we call diabetes type three, which is sure. actually the inflammation in the brain that is from insulin resistance, that you may not present with, you know, the standard symptoms of type two diabetes. So that's the one thing we check. Here are the other two things that are really important that we screen: three things, vitamin D3, D three D is in dog three levels. Um, we consider vitamin D in the super hormone of the brain. It is not just a vitamin. None of our 50 hormones that are modulated by our circadian rhythm in our brain and body can function without it. So if there's one thing we want people to really know before they leave is what's your number with vitamin D3. Sure. We also check then for methylation disorders, specifically the MTHFR uh, gene. We know with that, a deficiency that were more prone to busy brain symptoms, and that about forty percent of people with that MTHFR deficiency don't present with the typical symptoms of hyperhomocysteinemia, such as um, you know um, miscarriages or cardiac disease. They actually present with ADD anxiety. And then the fourth thing we check is a full thyroid pain, nice both in men and women, because when people hear hormones, Dr. Anthony, I don't know about your community. I serve a lot of men, you know, in my corporate world, they automatically think she's going to check my testosterone. And before I get to testosterone in a men or estrogen, progesterone and testosterone in women, really important for me to know how your thyroid is doing. A busy brain can absolutely knock out your thyroid. So those are the patterns of inflammation. That's how we heal the chronic stress and burnout that we're feeling. Because you may have tried meditation. You may have tried the clean eating, Dr. Anthony, i prescribing, you're like, something is still off. And that's what we're looking at. So to recap, we screen for methylation disorders, mm-hmm. your vitamin D three levels, and then a full thyroid pin.
1: Nice, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds awesome. And the high sensitivity, yeah. high sensitivity CRP, yep, perfect. That's really cool. And th- and that plays into how basically we're working with hormones. Like, what is your t- what is your take on melatonin as well, I mean, prime, prime, primarily. I mean, you're going to say it's obviously super important for skating rhythm, but also in supplement form. I'd love to hear your conversation about that.
0: Yeah, uh, this is not a popular take on things, but the research is what the research is. So, first of all, melatonin is a really important uh, neurochemical hormone in the brain that is naturally produced by the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. Taking it exogenously or as a supplement can actually, and most people do more harm than we realize. So I offer melatonin. So let's backtrack. Tea, we were talking technology. You could take all the supplements you want, but if you're here with your some kind of device at night, you're actually telling your hypothalamus to stop producing melatonin and serotonin. So it's going to depress the levels in your brain just by the lights at night. But taking that supplement for more than three to four days can actually do more harm. It's now going to create a feedback loop in the brain that is going to tell the hypothalamus that she's got melatonin, stop making your own. Then the downstream effect is it can um, negatively impact growth hormone production, taking exogenous uh, melatonin as well as estrogen in both men and women. So in women now, we're seeing estrogen excess And in men and women, a lack of growth hormone. And this can all happen by chronically taking melatonin. So the only time as a neurologist and integrative medicine doctor, I want to give melatonin is for my executives that you're traveling across two or more time zones and you need to just quickly reset your sleep-wake cycle. No problem for a week. Um, If you've had a sleep study and you actually have a REM sleep disorder, then we know you need melatonin, right? But for most people, we don't recommend melatonin in my world.
1: Okay. You know, I'm I'm interested and I'm not trying to be confrontational yeah. in any way, shape, or form. No, but I was do. I was under no, the impression no. that it was one of the one of the exogenous hormones you could take that didn't have that suppressive effect and that there were some decent long-term studies on that, that it was okay we, for people we thought to take. So
0: we thought so, but if you look at some of the studies and I can send them to you and we can mm-hmm. link them here, there are early studies not only in animals, but in now humans too, showing the negative impact of growth hormones, specifically estrogen on women. So please, please send it me. Love to me. I'd love to learn absolutely, more about that, Dr. Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're not being confrontation at all. At mm-hmm. all, I really appreciate the respectful full conversation between two colleagues. And so, you know, this is a great example for listeners where two doctors who respect each other may not completely agree um, because science is still an art, and every day we learn something new. So. Um, What I found more effective in the clinical studies and using our protocol, and I want to know what you think of this, Dr. Anthony. Again, I don't want to give a prescription sleeping pill like a benzodiazepine. We actually give 5-hydroxytryptophan, 5-HTP, a precursor to serotonin, which will then naturally internally break down to melatonin. So that becomes your sleep good and feel good hormone. And why I found that really impactful is because it's also going to help with two other things. the ruminating anxiety at nighttime and the waking up in the middle of the night with the thoughts spinning. Um, We found it to be really helpful and in low doses as Mm -hmm. well. So that's one. And then on top of it, you mentioned it in your podcast in our interview earlier, using magnesium glycinate or 3D as well. Tell me what you think about 5-HTP. Have you used it? I'm a fan. I have have used it
1: for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be useful for... Different different sleep disorders and stuff like that, Um, and I also think like optimizing morning serotonin production and precursors through morning sunshine is a big part of feeding that whole pathway. But I think the the magnesium, five HTP, and I'm curious have you played around with L-theanine or anything like this? I
0: have, I have, and so you know we want to first of all, you know, we're two doctors who prescribe, but this is an educational podcast. Always talk to your practitioner before you do anything, Dr. Anthony, and I say blah, blah, all of that. But if you are on a prescription antidepressant, anti-anxiety drug that elevates serotonin, um, such as Paxil, Prozac, Effexor, Celexa, all of those generic things, um, be very cautious and don't take 5-HTP on your own unless you're working with a doctor like Dr. Anthony and I who know how to taper one down and taper one up. So in those cases, absolutely, I look at L-theanine um, as a potential alternative. Here was what I needed to do. In brain shifts, I needed the micro habits that we could scale that were based in science to the most amount of people. So when I looked at the medical literature, 5-HTP seemed to help. And also why I like the 5-HTP, there's a substantial amount of medical literature of it not only helping in insomnia, but at much higher doses for anxiety, major depressive disorder, premenstrual dysmorphic disorder in women. So I kind of thought, well, there's a use here for a lot of people that may have other underlying mood disorders or hormone imbalances in women.
1: Nice. That's Mm -hmm. cool. I'm glad you brought that to people's awareness that they can research that a lot more. So where where do you think, I mean, you wrote this book that's coming out and by the time people hear this, it may already be out and people can find that on Amazon. Um, Where do you feel like things are, Heading like is this I mean you're a champion of this conversation that we need to really understand brain health and how this whole health body mind connection is is so interplayed and it's so deep. Um, what do you see happening in the next several years ahead to brain health in mostly Western countries? like where are we headed? Uh, what does the future look like um, as well as the follow-up question is a couple things that people can take away from this to start to improve it in their own families.
0: We will. Let's start with your first one. It's so important, Dr. Anthony, is um, when I have a busy brain, I can look at what's happening in the world and feel darkness. Mm-hmm. But when you brain shift, you come to a place of hope. And mindfulness, hope is a positive emotion where you're deeply connected to your inner soul guidance and what you desire. And from that, you can build goals and all of that. Where the actual, you know, as someone that is working in workplace wellness, We are still in a mental health crisis, and 72% of Americans are employed by some type of company, small, medium, large company. And the rates of burnout and mental health crisis continue to grow. So while the trends in brain and mental health may be talking about longevity and biohacking right now, I'm pragmatic. I'm on the ground with your Mm -hmm. listeners we need to first heal the chronic stress and burnout with a a different type of paradigm, and then have the cutting edge conversations that you continue to do about biohacking and longevity. Because otherwise, those things feel like a bandaid, or they're not working, you're trying to put, you know, the square peg in a round hole, we need to Really reset the circadian rhythm and calm down the neuroinflammation in the brain, and and this is a pathway to do it. So um, that's where I think. So it's almost like
1: cultural, like Mm -hmm. cultural calm down of the neuroinflammation of our collective approach to things. And it's happening.
0: And by the way, it's happening, Doctor Anthony. Uh. In 2018, when I was named Chief Wellness Officer, there weren't many of us around, and I was the first doctor named this role in corporate Mm -hmm. America. Now, after the pandemic, I'm actually part of a very large corporate think tank of Chief Wellness Officers. In global corporations, um, most of them are HR um, professionals and senior leaders. About 10% of us are doctors, um, MDs, CEOs, um, and psychologists. So I feel hope and that, and that we are having these crucial conversations at work that we have to think beyond the paradigms of here's a fitness plan at work, or there's an employee assistance program of what are we doing to change operations to promote well-being? And I feel hope in that. So yes, I there is a reckoning because you see the data. Companies whose productivity, revenue are down, whose employees are quitting, it's directly related to uh, a lack of a workplace culture that cares for their people. And when you have a workplace culture where you care for your people, companies are succeeding. So I do think, and I feel hopeful that corporations will actually drive a global conversation around Mm. this. You may may tell me I'm pie in the sky, but I feel hope for that. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I I think Mm -hmm. that's like positivity is going to be started through positivity and you're definitely on the ground, and I it, it seems positive that in positive and powerful like corporations are you know clearly having more chief wellness officers like yourself. so to put a nice bow on this conversation, can you leave us with um, a couple key takeaways that you want people to be mindful of as they leave this conversation and return back to their daily yeah. lives?
0: Um, if you're curious, do I have a busy brain? The same tests that we used in our research study you can take for free, and we will put the link here in the show notes. Um, at, or on my any social media and get your brain score. And you'll be sent the first 10 days of the protocol, which is the S to reset your circadian rhythm that's in the book. So I would start from that. The second step I would tell you is have compassion for wherever you are right now. That is that. And I remember when I was going through my workup and I was burnt out and I lacked hope. I wish somebody, Dr. Anthony, had told me what I'm telling you and any listener right now that needs to hear this, is trust that your brain is not broken, your mind is not a mess, and your spirit did not depart your soul. Just take it one brain shift at a time. Mm-hmm. And in our data, it was to start with the seven-day sleep challenge, start with the restoration of your circadian rhythm through sleep, and everything else will follow.
1: It's beautiful how like foundational this is and how simple in a sense, it can be yes. the path to yeah. wellness. And yeah. I am grateful that you're out there being such an encourager and a container for people to walk this journey mm-hmm. towards better brain, better brain health and, and a healthier culture. And again, all mm-hmm. of your links, drdromey.com Dr. is going to be where you can take the the brain score test as well as get the chapter of the book and at Dr. Romey on social and we'll have that link in the show notes. So Dr. Romey, thank you. I appreciate this conversation today.
0: I appreciate you and everything you're doing for your communities. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you.